Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can for $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have two other podcasts out there, From John to Justin and Pucks and Cups, which release every single week on all podcast platforms. Today, I'm speaking with filmmaker Daniel Schubert. He recently released a film through the National Film Board called Martha, and it follows his grandmother Martha as she relates her experience during the Holocaust. It's a wonderful film. It's on the National Film Board website and their app, and you can watch it free now. So I really encourage you to check it out. But let's get right to the interview. Looking at things that have been happening, you know, especially recently, is it more important now than in many times in the past for uh, us to remember the Holocaust and, and what happened? Absolutely. Uh, you know, they say that 50% of millennials don't know or have little awareness of the Holocaust, uh, which is a pretty major thing. Um, so that fact, given with uh, the rise of the alt-right and kind of neo-Nazism making a comeback, the greatest thing you can do is just keep driving home the facts and countering the misinformation, you know, that's just kind of running rampant. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking at that, is it important for Canadians to know that, you know, the Holocaust isn't something that happened? Well, it is something that happened in Europe, but that there's many people in Canada, even alive today, who, who dealt with it, who lived through it. It's not something completely foreign to, to Canadians. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, soon, uh, I don't I mean, who knows how soon there won't be any survivors left uh, as as is <laughs> humans will uh, all eventually perish mm-hmm. but it, that's why it's so important while they're still alive to remind people that you know like my grandmother's a living historical document you know she's a person who uh experienced it all and, and that's just becoming increasingly increasingly rare and thank goodness for steven spielberg and the show foundation and all those people who mm-hmm. uh did all these oral interviews with them but uh it you still need new stories and like I said before it's like they thought that in the 90s once you got Schindler's List which is this blockbuster phenomenon you have the show a documentary you have all these amazing pieces of art that people can consume and and learn about the Holocaust and you think we're good it's you know we've learned everything we need to learn but then who would have guessed that Twitter and YouTube would be promoting uh, conspiracy theory and echo chambers and you need new stories to counteract that is uh is things like twitter and youtube and, and what we're seeing uh especially with uh, donald trump and and the far right was that kind of why you decided to make this movie at this point yeah it was because it was right after charlottesville uh once you know donald trump was saying uh there's good people on both sides that they were chanting jews will not replace us that was a big moment for me because um, I knew that I had to get her story down uh, and that it was to get it down just for for the new generation. And I, you know, I knew that she had a particular way of uh, like that her temerity and her tenacity uh, were going to be an important factor. And I knew she would be good at telling the story and getting people to sympathize with her. 
so yeah, I wanted to get it for that reason. And, and yeah, I mean, we're at a real, uh, we're at yet another point in history where we're forgetting history. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously for your grandmother, this wasn't, you know, something from history. It was something from her life that she lived and went through. Was she receptive to doing the film uh, and relating her experience in the Holocaust? Yeah, she was, uh, you know, for a long time, for many years, she wouldn't tell her story. She uh, wasn't interested. Her sisters did and her brothers did, but she didn't really want to. But now she recognizes that uh, with the rise of the alt-right, she watches the news. She knows that um, that this stuff is important and she wanted to speak. And she also wanted to speak so that her great-grandchildren will know what happened to her. And, you know, uh, she, as she always says, she doesn't know how long she's going to be around. So it's it's uh, important and she knew it. Uh, so growing up in a family where you did have uh, a grandmother who went through the Holocaust, was it always something that you knew about or like you kind of just, you mentioned that she didn't really discuss it. Was it just something that wasn't really discussed too much in the family? Well, my grandfather was also in the Holocaust. He was in work camps and right. he would talk about it quite openly. He told me a story once about uh, he had to dig his own grave, him and a bunch of other prisoners had to dig their own graves and then they were in a firing line and they missed the bullet missed my grandfather and he fell into the grave that he built that he dug uh and stayed there for hours pretending he was dead with other dead people and then that's how he escaped so just unbelievable stories that Mm -hmm. you know people today can't even imagine so i did grow up with those stories but my grandmother wouldn't tell me stories, really. She, she was more tight-lipped about it. Uh, but it was always hovering when I was a kid. The concentration camp. Uh, and uh, I just knew that it was something that they went through, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't realize, um, you know, until I moved to Vancouver, when I, I didn't really meet many Jews in the suburb where I grew up. So I realized that I had a more uh, unique upbringing although there is a big jewish population in vancouver i wasn't a part of it i was in the suburbs uh one of the kind of i guess most powerful parts of the film was when your your grandmother went to uh to the museum i'm, I'm guessing there was a museum of human rights in winnipeg um and, and went through all of the, the sorry it was the museum of tolerance uh in los angeles she lives in los oh, angeles okay Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah. Uh, uh, was was it t- tough? Uh, was that kind of the, the, one of the tough parts to for her to go there to to essentially relive a lot of that and see a lot of the things that she remembered from her past? Well, what she said was, um, you know, basically, I, you know, when we got there and, and the docent was kind of leading us around, and she said. Um, you know, are you okay going through here? Are you okay? And she goes, I was there. I seen it all. I lived it. You know, a museum exhibit isn't going to scare her off. She was there for the real thing. But the thing that she did say uh, was when, you know, there's a moment in the movie when she finds out that sometimes the gas chambers took up to 45 minutes to exterminate their victims. Mm-hmm. And uh, that doesn't, that wasn't definitely was not the rule, uh, but that could happen sometimes. And when she heard about that, uh, you know, having her her two younger brothers and her mom die in the gas chamber, she got very uh, emotional. And that was a moment in the movie where um, it did, you know, where I wasn't really the filmmaker anymore. And I had to really think, like, how is this affecting her learning this kind of information? Because that was really the only thing that she didn't already know. 
was mm -hmm. that the gas chamber sometimes could take uh, a long time to to work. So um, yeah, that moment was was hard. Uh, was there any moments where it was particularly hard for you other than say the museum uh, with your grandmother relating these experiences and what she went through? I know at one point in the film, she, she, she does break down crying. Uh, so was it tough for you at times to kind of see your, your grandmother uh, reliving that, going through those memories? Yeah, well, I mean, the moment in, in uh, I didn't know that. There's a moment in the movie where she talks about her father and how uh, he was alive when it was liberated. And I didn't know that. I always assumed that he had died in, in the concentration camps, but he was still alive. And she related that um, he worked uh, and when they weren't given any food and when people would die, they would be forced to eat other prisoners and mm -hmm. that was so mind-blowing to me I had no idea that 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 happened so there are little bits in the movie where it's yeah I'm learning new information and it's pretty shocking information I mean to imagine going through that imagine knowing that about your parent what happened to your parents I mean it's things that we could never imagine dealing Absolutely. with like we'd be in trauma counseling groups forever and you know <laughs> it's just crazy uh in the film you kind of like it's not all just you know dealing with heavy issues. There's lighthearted moments, like uh, we had mentioned before we started, with the the shirt that your grandmother wanted you to wear uh, when she's making food and she burns her hand uh, with the onions. Was it important to kind of create a balance so it's not just constantly going through tough things to kind of show that you know she survived and she's happy even with all of these things that she had to deal with uh, so many years ago. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, we had made a decision to go in there and kind of do a cinema verite style documentary um, where we're just kind of showing us interact our natural interactions in her natural habitat. And um, yeah, it was, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with showing some funny stuff in it, showing our natural way of speaking to each other. Um, I just thought that it, it, it just would come across as more natural just to do what we would always do. And just because it's a, a Holocaust documentary doesn't mean that it has to be completely serious. Mm -hmm. uh, that she's a hilarious person and she's a quintessential Jewish grandmother. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of fun to watch her. So uh, the first five or 10 minutes is a lot more lighthearted, but then it gets into some pretty serious stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you decided to use some historical recreation. Uh, why did you decide to do that over top of some of your grandmother's narration? I'd, I guess that I just wanted to build these vignettes, just three different uh, kind of um, sequences that kind of can bring people back into what it was like for her. I wanted to feel like it was from her perspective. You hear her voice talking over top of it and you have these dreamlike images. And I just thought that that would be an effective way for people to uh, feel like they were there uh, rather than just have a talking head tell you. Did COVID impact it uh, much, the filming or the production? No. Uh, well, I mean, a little bit. We, we were editing for a while and then once COVID happened, uh, me and my editor had to do, we had to send cuts to each other over, over email and, you know, we'd give notes and that isn't a preferable way of working. I would much rather be in a room with somebody working on it. Uh, so that was, it, it was affected, but by that point, the movie was pretty much, uh, was pretty much done. So it was okay.
when you're making a documentary story, being in a room with your editor is really important because you bounce ideas off each other and doing everything over screens is, is not the way to do things, I find. Absolutely. Uh, now, the film comes out on uh, the 26th, so the 26th or the 27th, I it comes out this week. 27th. Inter 27th. International Holocaust Remembrance Day. Right. Wednesday the 27th. So it comes out on the 27th uh, the, through the National Film Board. Uh, and people can watch it uh, through the through the app and, and on the website and everything. Uh, what do you hope people get out of watching the film? What do you want them to, to learn uh, from seeing uh, the film? I want them to see that there's this woman who is small in stature, but has so much tenacity, is so strong and smart, how she's been through so much, uh, yet wants to tell her story to impact the world and change uh, things that are going on right now. I think it's really important. And I want this to get into the education system because I think having an accessible person like my grandma is a good way to learn about the Holocaust. Rather than just, I think it would be a great way to learn about the atrocities uh, through her and, and her amazing personality. And I just hope that people don't forget what happened. I mean, that's, you know, they, they've been saying the phrase, never forget about the Holocaust forever, but just like any genocide, um, it's very easy to forget what happened because of ignorance. If you don't learn about it, how are you to know? And how are you to know what Jews have been through? Like, how are you to know what any other, uh, any other culture has gone through, you know, without learning about the past? And so it's just really important. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Daniel Schubert, and if you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can visit my website where you'll find hundreds of articles on Canada's history as well as all my podcast episodes. Just go to canadaehx.com. And again, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash canadaehx, just like all of these wonderful patrons have. And I apologize if I mispronounce any names. Lori Ann Kirby. Gary Dolovich, Nick Zinri, Pamela Elder, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roa, Luke S., Vic Hedges, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, Spencer M., and Iris Gray. As well, you can find me on Facebook. Just search for Canadian History X. Remember, that's E-H-X. I'm on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And don't forget, you can find me on Instagram. Just search for Bardo37. Thanks. We'll see you again next time.